Are you suffering from too many pies? Excesses in your fridge? Lots of blankets? Have you considered that maybe inviting three munchlaxen into your house is the right move for you? With the product Fox Lee. She protect, she attack, but most importantly, she have snack. Do you occasionally suffer from excessive quantities of gameology? Are you prone to overwhelming bouts of Final Fantasy IV? In that case, maybe you should ask your doctor if Jeb Wrench is right for you. And believe me, Jeb Wrench is right for you. The Surgeon General warns that excessive dosing of Talon Lee can result in such side effects as nausea, headaches, micro-headaches, micro-nausea, macro-nausea, macro-headaches, and excessively fast talking. And playing with Swindle all the fucking time. I... <laughs> <laughs> playing it out of Hotline Miami. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what it says about me that my two mental responses to stress are to play a game about excessive murder on a timer and another one that's about stealing shit. Also on a timer. <laughs> yeah. So, hey. Do you? How y'all doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Uh, my brain exists only in the realms of NaNoWriMo. <laughs> uh, semester has started, so I've been teaching. Oh, and that's going... Uh, I know, like, there, there is a certain degree of, um, <laughs> uh, of, like, I know I want, I'm very proud of some of my students. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very proud of some of my students. <laughs> talent, 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 <laughs> talent, the good talent. ones. How many students have ideas that are dumb? I don't even think anyway. Okay, dumb. I the nature of the class I teach is one where we where we drill home that your deliverable is a dossier. We don't care about what you made. We care about how you can document the process of you making it. So you can make a thing that sucks, and you can make a thing that you think sucks as long yeah, as you can tell us. Yeah, but that's what I'm asking, Talon. I'm not yeah. asking but how many how of them, many do of them suck? are going to turn in good assignments. So, so the question is. As a tutor, how many of them have bad ideas? And the answer is none of them. They've all got good ideas that they can explore and that they will learn something about, and I look forward to seeing them documenting them. As a game okay. designer? So, how many of them have, once the recording is off, are you going to say, have bad ideas? <laughs> I, I tell the joke that in every class, there are three games that get made every time. Someone makes a game that's a drinking game about being a uni student getting drunk. Someone makes a game that's about uh, uni life and about how much it sucks. Uh -huh. And it's always like a variant of Snakes or Ladders. And someone makes a trivia game and they think to be make it edgy, they'll put the word bullshit in the title. Yeah. I have taught this class four <laughs> times. Those three games have shown up every time. Every single time. Of course they have. Yeah. And it's in like this case, a game jam. Someone's going to make a game about make, doing a game jam. Yeah. Is 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 this like uh, how 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 successful have there how how frequently I should say have there been, for example, apples to apples to apples? <laughs> um, weirdly, weirdly, very very few people have gone that route. In, in really? fact, one thing I found re yeah, one of the things I found the most interesting is we bring up assholes to assholes and. For the most part, we have a very small number of students who know what it is. It's become much less of, oh yeah, everyone knows that game. It's almost oh, like gaming good. has moved on from it, which is cool. Um, but yeah. Uh, Same, because Apples to Apples is a good game. Apples to Apples is. Assholes to Assholes. Yeah. Uh, there are many good variants of this mode of game. So, because uh, this is a visual medium, uh, obviously, this is the best way to convey this. I did give a... Uh, Technically, I do seminars, but the seminars are made up of a lecture and a tutorial. Uh, but I gave a seminar on the uh, 
the board game uh, on board game themes of things you can make your board game to be about and we broke them up into a whole bunch of segments i don't write the lectures i just deliver them and that means that i get to put my own personal spin on them but i still need to hit all the points and we got one section of games which was historical slash colonialism yeah and and if you know me you know that i am of the opinion that board games are way too comfortable with colonialism just in general oh yeah (laughs) and uh board games have have camped out on that spot very very nicely yeah for a long time talking about so, so we just and, like and, good old-fashioned games without politics in them, <laughs> where you enslave native people and exploit their land. What do you mean? So, what do you mean? Could, so you're saying that the unpaid worker tokens are the black ones? <laughs> that that is in fact one of the things. This is this is the visual medium element here because I have students who've never played these games and they're just like absorbing what I tell them about them. So we run down the list of historical games, and it includes, like, Sid Meier's Civilization, the board game, based on mm-hmm. the video game, which is based on a board game. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talk about uh, Agricola, which, honestly, Agricola's not so bad. He says dragging that out, knowing that that's a, that word is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. And then, and then we get to... But the thing is, the next game in the list is Puerto Rico. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! And, and, and you I look sit back there. fondly on it. <laughs> Agricola suddenly looks real good. Come back, Agricola. All is forgiven. And I'm explaining to the students that okay, so this is Puerto Rico. It was in the Board Game Geek top ten or uh, games out of thousands and thousands of games for seven years. This game is playwise an amazing game, and it has problems. And one student looks up with this kind of quizzical look because like most part they're taking notes they're using their computers they're doing their own thing I, I understand students do that it's it's fine right. what student suddenly looks up at me when I say that it has problems because the student can probably grasp that I'm going somewhere with this and they look at me and I say so uh, at the start of your turn in Puerto Rico a ship arrives and it's full of worker tokens and I point at the, pi- point, at the pi- point at the picture of the game where the worker tokens are all little black meeples and yep. the student puts their hand over their mouth Ooh. Uh-huh. And at the end of the turn, they all go away, and the student puts their face in their hands. <laughs> Just this, oh, no. Oh, dear. So, yeah. <laughs> I I love teaching this class. I love talking to kids about... Kids. Some of my students are older than me. Uh, I love talking to my students about this stuff. I love uh, watching as they realize that they can make stuff, and I love... That moment where students will say, oh, I can do anything? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> Such a terrifying prospect. <laughs> so I have to say, my favorite is the bit where they come back to you and they're like, um, actually, I have a real idea now because I started doing yeah. it. And like, it, it's super fun. What did you do? Yeah. Um, one, one of my students, one of, so, so they start out in groups. And they just have to pitch a game. They just have to come up with a game rather than they have to deliver one. But one of them, one of the groups sat down and they were like, uh, we're kind of making a Monopoly thing. And they started on that and then they realized they hated it. (laughs) You know, they they just didn't like it. They didn't like working within the confines of working with Monopoly. There was, for for all that I bash Monopoly very casually, my (laughs) students have been harsher on Monopoly than I have. I think that's a common college thing where it's like, ah, oh, yes, we have finally discovered that Monopoly is bad 
Yeah. This uh, sort of, yeah, it's it's your first, uh, you know, looking It's the Final Fantasy VII is moment. bad of board games. In a lot of ways, yeah. <laughs> see, see, it is the one Final Fantasy VII of, is bad of board games. Yeah, one, one of my major beefs with Monopoly isn't so much that it's inherently bad as much as we've hung on to it for too long. Like, the generation that grew up with Monopoly should have then said, all right, let's get our kids new board games as opposed to all right, we'll get our kids Monopoly. And that shouldn't have repeated. Like, mm-hmm. I I kind of feel like Talisman should be about in the same family as Monopoly. Talisman should have been repeated with better versions by now. Mm. Well, Talis- <laughs> Talisman is also one of those games, which, you know, it, you can see ways to improve it, but that doesn't mean that the experience of playing is bad. I will I will point out, however, that, like, when it comes to Monopoly, the, the spin-offs of Monopoly have always been very, very interesting games. Not I necessarily am... good. I but interesting we're talking about actual spin-offs and not the endless branded reproductions of Monopoly with like, uh, like Avengers Monopoly with a circular board. Yeah. Well, apparently, like the gamer one has, like the gamer Monopoly has like mini games. Yeah, and stuff, but, yeah um, gamer Monopoly is is fascinating. I've I've <laughs> seen people on Board Game Geek complaining about um, liking it. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> Board Game Geek right there. All right, <laughs> um, fine. But, but, I'm, but, but what I'm talking about are like things like free parking, which mm-hmm. is like a resource management card game about pay- making sure that your parking meter is paid up while you're doing your shopping and stuff like that. There's also <laughs> a Monopoly card game being sold in Kmart, which is, I think it's just called Monopoly Dash or Monopoly Card. Or Monopoly like Go? That. Probably Maybe. Go. I think it's, it's Monopoly fucking go. go these days. And it's $15, mm-hmm. and it's Monopoly. It has a, It's a single deck of cards and some tokens. Uh-huh. Yep. And it has a seven- on Board Game Geek. It's... Which, I've played it. It's very good. Yeah. I, and, and I that, genuinely recommend it. Yeah, and I, every time I pass it, like, is $15 worth it to find out? Cause yes, I, cause, like, yes. Because, like, it might not just <laughs> yes, be... It it so- yeah, it sounds really it, interesting. I, like, if I have you were to remove I'm something saying, from Monopoly, that would be the bit. I, yeah. I, I have played it. I would definitely say $15 is, is worth trying it. It distills Monopoly down to the parts that are, are a game, and yeah. um, removes the parts that are playing diplomacy. Mm. One one thing uh, also that came up in the class was students learning about diplomacy. Oh, no. Yeah, because none of them had heard of it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Guess what? <laughs> You're checking out some YouTube videos now, students. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the story of... Uh, the, the one of them is falling senior... into a hole. Yeah. One of my senior lecturers uh, has a story about diplomacy, how it broke up an engagement. <laughs> Wow. Because, and and, and like, it's not just a matter of like, I'm so mad at you for what you did in diplomacy. It was she, she, as she's leaving the place, she says, I just realized you can lie to me that easily. And she left. And it's like, whoa, who, who? Jesus. First of all, first of all, there is more going on to that than diplomacy. I feel like there must be. (laughs) Yes. Um, I'm not sure if I ever shared my, my, uh, my big, Diplomacy betrayal. My one of my ten greatest uh, anime betrayals of diplomacy um, was back in uni when I was uh, me and a group of friends were playing diplomacy because that's what nerds do in uh, early university is they oh. they find the the person with the biggest living space off campus and play diplomacy <laughs> there. And we were doing this, and uh, we had been a few turns in. Everything was going well. I'd made an alliance with with like my my housemate, and then he just happened to. Like, like our plan was that 
uh, we agreed that he was going to secretly betray me. Or not secretly, but we were going to act like he was betraying me so that we could gang up and flank this other player. Except, see where this might be going. Except, <laughs> except, he forgot, he claims that he forgot to write down his orders, so all of his units stayed put. <laughs> and and when we were resolving orders, he was like, "Well, no, I remember. I could just I, I remember what the orders were going to be. I can just boot. no, no, you didn't write them down. Yeah, you didn't write them down. <laughs> Did you have Have you ever seen? Uh, wh- one of the other things with with Monopoly with tie in games is that one of the categories of games we talked about was um, uh, tie in and franchise games. So we talked about. Star Wars Monopoly, and we talked about all those things. And one of the things that came up is because now we have a whole bunch of Euro games that are being made with tie-in um, tie-ins to major media franchises, or major media franchises are getting like advanced style board games. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a Dark Crystal board game, which if nothing else comes with a tiny little uh, Fizz Gig mini. Good. Um, Done. But, but uh, there's a game. Uh, sorry, but there's um like the like the like the Game of Thrones board game. Yeah, exactly. Which is uh, and apparently that's where amazing. Going. Well, there was uh, there was Catan uh, Game of Thrones, which I offhandedly said in case you feel your game of Catan doesn't hate women enough. And then the next Ouch. game up was Battle for Westeros, and I looked at it and went, oh no, Ooh, wait, oh, no. this is a Game of Thrones game too, and this is really good. Shit. Because <laughs> Battle for Westeros, um, all of your orders are done with coins, and they're either a basically a comply or betray coin. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, really simple game. If you and I are opposing each other, and I basically push and you don't push back, I get to invade your space. Um, so, but, but now you're doing this on like 25 fronts at once. <laughs> oh, space yeah. invaders. Yeah, and... With prisoner's dilemma. Yeah, and exactly. And you get these moments where you watch players stacking up coins on various borders and boundaries, just like, you know, you're going to... You gonna leave that alone? Yeah, we're gonna leave that alone. I'm gonna leave that alone. Okay, cool. I'm just I'm I'm pushing in. I want to fuck up Dave. All right, fine. Yeah, go fuck up Dave. And then everyone flips their coins at the same time. And it's like, oh, I guess I am the one who is getting fucked up by Dave. Because <laughs> oh, no, everyone, Dave. I am the Dave now. <laughs> everyone jumped on me, and it and it's it does this. And it also is this mechanic where if you if you like one of the, one of the big problems with these grindy war games is early knockouts. Like, if the mm-hmm. game is meant to be 90 minutes and you get knocked out in the first 10, you spend 80 minutes watching your friends have fun. And that sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. So in this one, if you die in the early game, you just get successed. Yep. It's not a matter of, like, you were killed by an <laughs> enemy cool. army. It's your heir icked you and took over. And they get to, like, redistribute as a slightly different starting thing. So you can actually capitalize on losing really <laughs> well. Of Like, oh, uh... My my air had holdings in these two spaces that are just the perfect spot to launch a new attack from. So oh, people actually the... don't want to knock you Dang, out too that early. That is really interesting. What's the um? What's the uh? Oh, there's a fantasy um board game where like it's you are expected to get knocked out several times. And yeah, you just pick yeah. a new faction every time. I I don't remember what it is, but I know that Risk Legacy has a mechanic for that as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, the best thing about the successor mechanic is it can happen multiple times in a game. And they always just mention, oh, it's a younger heir. But in the context of the story, this means that you can <laughs> play a 20-year-old... time. 20-year-old who gets icked by their 12-year-old, and then, what, the 12-year-old gets icked by a 9-year-old? I mean... <laughs> what <yeah>. happened? <laughs> Look, I've played Crusader Kings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, super, super interesting conversation about board games, and I've been enjoying teaching this class a lot. So that's what I've been up to, and this is a good slow roll on the way into the podcast, because we're talking about video games. Yay! I've heard Holy video games. shit. I didn't prepare oh. for that at all. Alright, cool. So Fox is first. <laughs> Joke's on you, this will be easy. Uh, I've been playing Pokemon Sun. Yay, that's video games. That, that's fucking it. <laughs> it's not new, it's just fun. Wait, wait, what have you been playing? Pokemon Sun. Oh, uh, this is going to make my, uh, my answer of what I've been playing really... Is that ultra fun, do you mean, says Fox? Nope. <laughs> Just regular kind. Regular kind of fun? Why, is there, is there a new kind of fun now? No, no, regular sun. Oh, I thought you were saying that sun was ultra fun. <laughs> no, there is ultra sun, but that's for people who buy a remake of a game within like one year of when it was made and that's didn't, not me didn't sun like come, sun and moon come out like two years ago yeah this is they used to you know how there used to be a paired couple of pokemon games and then they'd make a third one which was a bit different i had no and, idea and but had, okay like, some extra stuff okay well if you've ever heard like say gold silver crystal or ruby sapphire emerald the third one is always like a like a revision of the first two with some slightly different stuff and maybe you can get extra Pokemon or maybe the story's a bit different or whatever. Um, and with Black and White Generation, they started just remaking both versions. So there was Black 2 and White 2. I thought those were direct sequels. I mean, yes, but they're also basically the same game. Okay. <laughs> a continuation of the story in Black and White, but if you're playing Pokemon games for the story, what? So, uh, yeah, I, I'm just in the situation where the game I've been playing the most recently is Pokemon Moon, so... Hey! Wait, those are... Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I, 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 I sense something here. I sense a pattern. <laughs> it's like you're both playing related games for some reason. <laughs> huh. Weird. I guess it kind of is for some reason, um, in that Talon was playing Moon, and I was like, yeah, I haven't played Sun for a while, maybe I'll go back and level some things up or whatever. So, like, have you been replaying from, like, the start, or have you been, like, doing post-game stuff from your old <laughs> save, or...? Post-game stuff. Um, this is the first game where I have found it, uh, like, enjoyable and not unbearably grindy to max-level Pokémon, so I have my first level 100 Pokémon in this generation. Hooray. I like that fact. It is hooray. I think I, uh, I, I, think, I, think I, I, I happened to acquire some level 100 Pokemon through like Wonder Trade in 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 Y. Which, I, uh, which very much put a put a, a spin on the uh, on, on the difficulty curve of the game. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, they they sent out a couple of event ones that are level 100. I've got those, but they don't really count because like that's that's just a level 100 Pokemon you gave me. I, I don't really want to play with that. But, like. Hey, that's a that's some kind of event thing. Whatever, that, that's not mine. I didn't grow up with that. <laughs> I don't know you. It's true. I can't. They won't even let you name them. Well, actually, in this generation, you can't. Finally, previously, you could not name them, which is like, well, that's a deal breaker. You have to name all the Pokemon. I do. It's my, one of my, one of, that was one of my biggest complaints about Pokemon uh, uh, Digimon Cyber Cyber Sleuth was that I didn't know how to rename them until I was very very far into the game. That's terrible. Because it wasn't really apparent how you do it. <laughs> so, like, none of my Digimans are named. That is so sad. Just, like, like one of them for the longest time was, like, a giant dog who was also a walrus. <laughs> well, that's fantastic, but you should definitely exactly. be able to give it a name. 
Well, you, you like I said, I, you can. I just couldn't figure out how until very, very late in the game. Can you go back and give them names? I can't. Well, that's something, at least. Mm-hmm. I just wish that it would have been pointed out to me at the start, like during a tutorial or something. Yeah. That's a good use of your tutorial, you know? I think so. I think it's important for, like, the monster-catching games to let you name your, your Pokemans. Like, World of Final Fantasy let you let you name them. Yeah. <gasps> I didn't know that. Good. Oh, yes. Like, uh, like, like, I have Tiny Horse. <laughs> Who is a Tiny Horse? Tiny Horse? You know, get, get what it says on the tin, you know? I, I can't remember, like, an Ixion or something like that, and it was like, I'm calling you Tiny Horse, you are a Tiny Horse. That's wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I sidetracked. Yeah, that's fine. Not that's at fine. all. We, we are like a conversation- I had anything interesting to say about it. We are a conversational podcast. We are deliberately minimal in our structure, and we do not do particularly elaborate deliberately things. Mi- deliberately minimal, <laughs> he says, as if it wasn't just us too lazy to come up with a structure. Totally on purpose. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't have anything me- interesting to say about it. But Talon, did this. you? Uh, I actually am playing through uh, Moon for the first time. Huh. I I never finished it. I barely even started it back when it was a thing. I've I noticed that there was a certain kind of anxiety around new games I was having, where I kind of so so we all know that there's this like journalistic churn, right? Where if you don't talk about a thing in the first week, you don't mm-hmm. you never talked about it. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah, the, the, the hot take time machine. Um, I <laughs> I felt very, very stressed as I was watching that because I it wasn't just the journalistic element of, hey, let's talk about Pokemon Sun Moon um, because it's the thing to talk about in a journalistic way. It was also, this is the thing that every one of my friends is talking about and caring about in a really direct, real way. And that kind of really distressed me when I realized that I just wasn't that into it at the time and I didn't have the time to play it. I was Aww. busy writing I was busy writing my thesis and but that's okay. Like no one no one did anything wrong. But right. that did that's mean that I had, do. Yeah. And that's that's why I, I put it aside. I, I set the game aside and, and just you know it's been sitting in it, it's uh, it along with Devil Survivor two have been sitting in my three D S now for a bit over a year and a half, I think. Just not used. Because mm-hmm. I haven't been able to get to that point where I can. And, you know, uh, I've been traveling more, going to and from classes to teach. Um, I've had more free time on the bus. And, you know, hey, this is another thing I can do that doesn't drain my phone battery when I need it. That's, you know, that's a fun <laughs> thing to do. And so I've been playing Pokemon Sun. And you put Pokemon Sun Moon... And the worst thing about this, with that benefit of hindsight, is there's almost nothing to say because these games are just really frustratingly good at being themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you've either got to go for some super hardcore smog-on-ass deep analytics to have something to say, or you've got to basically be the marketing machine saying, hey, yeah, you remember that Pokemon game you like? This is it, but everything in it is kind of just about 15% better? Just a little bit more. And and if there's a thing you really, really liked in previous games, uh, it might not be here, but it probably is. Hmm. And that's just, it, it's, it's a really weird thing. Like, it's almost like Pokemon games. And so, one thing I've been trying to do a lot more now with the game pile and my own critical writing about games is to less, is to treat it less like a review and more like an excuse. All right, I will, you know, this game... <laughs> 
this game lets me think about or encourage me to think about this principle or this idea or this academic concept or this social behavior. So I'm going to use this game as an avenue to write about that. And I really like doing things that way. I feel that like using video games as the lens to talk about things is like a really cool idea. Um, and, and I especially like it because it means that there's a lot less lawn. Have I used the phrase lawnmower writing on the podcast before? I don't no. know if you have. So I don't know if any of you are quite so boring as I am in that you've actually looked into a uh, lawnmower catalog. Uh, I, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so if you look at a lawnmower catalog, I don't know if they do this in, the, in, in Canada, but here in Australia, a lawnmower catalog is one of the most fascinatingly dull books you'll ever look at because yes. it's absolutely jam-packed with the reviews. They're all about the same size as a classified ad in a newspaper, and they all list exactly what the lawnmower does. There's, there's no, the grips were nice, or I like the color. No, it, it's all just, it has this horsepower of engine, it, its wheels use this kind of bearing, it is this much weight, it is it is the most objective review scale I can ever imagine. Uh, data. Yeah, raw data. Data. I'm sorry, I'm struggling with the idea that a lawnmower catalog is a thing that exists. Yeah, 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 for like gotta, hundreds of different it, lawnmowers. You've got to find out about lawnmowers somehow. Yeah, and I and don't, lawn- though. You don't. Some people. Some people have to find out about lawnmowers somehow. Okay, yeah. I'll, like if I'll you were, if you were, some people. if you were in the market for a lawnmower, you would want to have access to data about lawnmowers. Yeah, yeah and the I thing would is, go on the interwebs. Yeah, you would. And these I things imagine are from that, like the 1970s. I imagine that internet uh, lawnmower listings are very similar. Yeah, they probably are. This is very. It's a very precise thing. <laughs> yeah, and like, and don't get you... me wrong. It's not like I don't understand what you're describing, because my day job is I write SEO copy, so... Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. yeah, you know exactly I, what I we're talking about. I do know what about. we're talking about, yeah. Yeah. And, like, with lawnmowers, part of the thing that fascinates you about this is because lawnmowers have such specific and objective needs. If you are doing a golf green, you mm-hmm. need a lawnmower that can be purchased in bulk with readily replaceable parts, but you need it to be absolutely guaranteed in its cutting distances and stuff like that. And yes. if you're if you're mowing your backyard, you need something that's light. And and all these all these really specific categories that we kind of shook out the science of when it came Depends time to whether or not it's a hilly terrain or Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how is self propelled or Yeah. So a lot of video game like purist conversations about the about you know video game reviews i i refer to them as wanting lawnmower language like they want video sure. game reviews to be the game is this long it features this many incidents the plot and somehow to say the plot is good slash bad like it's a lawnmower property it runs on the engine yeah, oh yeah, and, and that's why you get all these people who act like, oh, it runs on Unity, like that's a meaningful thing to say. Fucking Hearthstone runs on Unity. Um, everything runs on Unity. Yeah, it, it, it <laughs> does everything. There's a in the name. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Uh, environmental Station Alpha, which is a good, but extremely frustratingly difficult game, runs on Macromedia fucking Fusion? <laughs> that still exists? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's a it's a Metroidvania, isn't it? It is a cr- soul crushingly hard and frustrating Metroidvania. Yeah, yeah. So I and one of the things that really frustrates me is I know some journalists in this conversation who are really good at writing about games who feel like all they can do is lawnmower writing. Yeah, who would say that? Yeah, wow. yeah. And and that's the kind of writing that gets paid for as a lot too. That's what that's what pays the bills. And that. 
really sucks. Um, so so there's this there's this problem with talking about video games as like these windows of time and these marketing you know apertures that you're actually able to like this is the only time anyone's going to care to talk about Pokemon Sun Moon, which I'm finding more and more I don't care about. I don't care about what just launched. I care about <laughs> people's takes on games that are already out that are like old enough to have been patched and not deliriously buggy and then see what's your take on it do i like that take do i care about that take oh i might check that game out based on what you had to say oh hell consider our only regular news segment yeah <laughs> it's pretty obvious we're not too fussed about this stuff <laughs> um so yeah it's it's a um pokemon moon especially like there is there is a lot of really smart stuff like conceptual stuff i'd love to like dig into and i probably will when i write about it but in the first week i would never have absorbed it i would never have noticed that like i think someone else has already pointed this out but you play the game backwards you're the rival in that game How so so in most pokemon games for it (laughs) yeah in most pokemon games uh you have a character who's just known as the rival and they are a roadblock for any time you want to do something at one of the major plot points like they turn up and say oh it's you again let's battle and they battle oh, and they always up. have a higher level team a uh, gary gary yeah, is like the classic gary. rival yeah uh and they'll sh- and they always have a higher level team they always pick something that's in the first matches they always pick something that's super powerful against whatever you picked and they broadly speaking represent this sort of like oh i was always a step ahead you don't have a rival in um, Sun Moon. You turn up at a location and you like battle kahunas and you do trials or whatnot, and then your friend Hal from the first island catches up to you. He's all like, oh, hey, I was going to do that trial thing. I- I'll just wait till you're done. And he's he's always a lower level than you, and he picked the, the starter that's weak to your starter at the start of the game. <laughs> and it's, it's just delightful. Such a- yeah, and he's also an absolute sweetheart, which I think is a, a, a really nice addition to this. Like, he's oh never... yeah, he's a oh. lovely boy. Okay, so we have to start the petition to get Hal added to uh, Smash Switch. Hal for Smash, <laughs> totally. I don't want Hal in Smash. I want Hal cheering from the sides. Yeah, I mean that okay. would be in Smash. Gladion in Smash then. Well, that would oh. be in Smash though, if, even if he was just cheering. By the way, I looked up Environmental Station Alpha after you mentioned it. And I just thought you'd appreciate that the top news item on their Steam page is we've resolved an issue with malware bytes considering our game malware. Because <laughs> it's Flash! It's Fusion. Fusion. Oh! Sorry, it's Fusion. Oh, no. yes. it's, still a, it's still a Macromedia project, product and, and malware bytes apparently. <laughs> I'm not sure I trust this Macromedia company. <laughs> that is too good! <laughs> I mean, that is a fair reaction to a Macromedia <laughs> app. It is! <laughs> oh my god, this game looks great, though. If you don't mind it, the fact that it is soul-crushingly difficult. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I'm in the market to have my butt kicked lately, but man, this game is cute. Yep. <laughs> that particular variety of pixel art you get when you can have a lot of different colors in low res. The, 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 the aesthetic is really good. Ooh, I, I will cannot possibly... I cannot stress enough, that game is soul-crushing. <laughs> like, it is brutally unfair in places. Yeah. Okay, I won't then. <laughs> it is obnoxiously hard and and does a lot of things that are disrespectful of a player's time, which is not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> yes. I know my limits. 
Yeah. So I've been playing that. Fox has been playing that. Hey, Jeb. Yeah, what? He says, rolling out a carpet in front, like standing on the end of it, waving some, waving some, uh, uh, what are those things that the air flight controllers wave on, on ship decks? You know, those things, the lights. Uh, the, the uh yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know what you call those. Well, either way. Hey, if any of the listener know what you call those. <laughs> hey, Jeb. Yeah? You been playing any video games lately? Oh, just a few. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been, it's been a minute, uh, since we've recorded last. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been, like, do you want the whole rundown, or... Just just give us, say, like, three highlights. We've got a while. All right, I uh, I finished Blue Reflection, which is a uh, magical girl uh, JRPG that came out last year <laughs> by Gust, which is really quite good. Except for a few, a few places where Gust is being Gust, and it's kind of cringy, because, like, these are school kids, and, like, Uh-oh. you're getting a little too close here. Like, Gust is Gust, I guess. Yeah. Gust's gonna gust. Does this involve anime titty? I mean, pretty close. Oh boy! <laughs> like the 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 the, 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 the lesbians in the high school like other girls and discuss such. Mm. <laughs> discuss, for example, anime titties and how nice Aye. the anime titties are. There it is. Gust is gonna gust, but it is it is a game about gay schoolgirls on rooftops, <laughs> and uh. In, in, when faced with the prospect of the typical uh, gay gay girls in high school plot twist of everything is going to go badly because that's how this should go, the characters instead will spit in the face of God and walk backward into hell. Down with that. So, that's good. I, I do recommend... Uh, it also has one of the best and most modern UIs I've seen for a game and puts, like, Persona 5's UI to shame. Hey! Oof. Because Persona 5's UI is so fucking busy. <laughs> and uh, Blue Reflection's AI is minimalist and really, really good. I'm <laughs> always uh, leery when someone says a, a UI is minimalist because I'm so used to these moments of like, oh, no, no. The, it's the, diamonds and squares con- and text. Yeah. It's diamonds and squares and text and pastel colors. All right. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I do highly recommend Blue Reflection. Um, be aware that it's a Gus game. <laughs> And speaking of Gust, I also fin- I also finished uh, Atelier Sophie. Oh, hey! Which is the first Atelier game I have finished. And what did you think? It was good, except for one thing that almost made me quit playing the game. And mm-hmm. it's the way everyone in the game treats the character Oscar. Oh, yes. Because Oscar is fat. Ah. And for fuck's sakes, they cannot go ten minutes of a conversation where Oscar is even remotely mentioned without talking about him, his weight, or him eating. Uh, yeah, it really, really ruins what is otherwise a great game. I watched. That comic I watched relief you, is shitty. I watched you talking about this, and I remember at the time because I mean I've got a, I I watched Fox play through Atelier Sophie, and I don't I didn't remember this Uh-oh. like because I just you know this is all this is all stuff that I was drifting in and out of as I was watching. You game haven't watched me play Atelier Sophie because I don't own it. Oh no, it's I, I watched you played um Aisha, huh? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, no, yes, uh, Atelier Sophie was, was reviewed on my blog by, uh, Fiora. That's right. Yes. So, that that's why I was familiar. Like it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, so that explains why I missed all this talk of Oscar. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that, <laughs> I'm actually kind of glad now because I, I was afraid there's a matter of like, oh, wow, I totally didn't notice the way they were treating this character like shit. Like, oh, because he's not in the game I'm talking about. Okay, right, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
but, but at the um, same time, yeah, that's that's it's one uh, of those really awkward moments where you're where you like flee to a different game space, hoping that you know maybe the shitty stuff that I that like you know is surrounds us is different here, and it'll get almost all of it, and then nah. Nah, you you thought we were going to be nice to everyone? Nah, we're not going to be nice to the fat guy. Here's the fun. Here's the the the. Here's the really frustrating thing about Oscar, is like I said, he's a fat guy. He's he's a fat character. Like, it starts right down with the way that they visually draw him because his shirt doesn't fit. Oh, his button-up shirt is too tight, so it's pulling apart. Is he poor? No, us fat no. characters are just hopeless at understanding our own body mass. So you know, but we just dress like children. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, they're so close because he's a fat character who goes out and does things. He's active. He just happens to be fat. Yeah. But no, they keep talking about him. Oh, he's snacking all the time. It's like, oh, he's always stuffing his face. He's so fat. He's out of shape. There's one character who treats him like a fucking human being. And it's the, it's the fashion designer from out, outside the city who's like, I talked to Oscar because, um, I didn't, she even says basically I didn't realize that, that people who are overweight have different needs for clothes, so I asked him what he needs. Holy shit! That's nice! It's like, wow! I did not expect that! I did not expect any character in this game to treat Oscar like a human being. Yeah. <laughs> that was really nice, and it was over in a couple minutes, but it was nice. Yeah. <sighs> but other than that, the game... So, so here's, here's one of the frustrating things about, like, when, when something like that happens in a game. Like we we are effectively talking about like the rabbit turds in the in the cocoa pops here, right? Right. Like just just one thing that can make you look at an entire experience and go, you know what? I don't want any more. I, I'm done. But that doesn't mean that you're saying everyone else who doesn't react this way is awful. It's just I, yeah. It just made me really upset with the game, which I did wind up finishing because yeah. the rest of it is really good. Yeah. Um. But I've, I've been replaying. Uh, um, I've been replaying uh, Infinity Engine games, so I'm very keenly of aware of this <laughs> this moment of like, oh yeah, this thing about this game is just bad. <laughs> anyway, you were saying, you were saying, yeah. I don't want so to I've derail been, this. I've been I've been being around the bush long enough because that's not really what I've been talking about. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's but not really still, the thing that people want want me to talk. You've about. You've had a month. You like, want to catch up? Well, no, because like, <laughs> I, like I'm sure a few people have noticed me talking about uh, talking about things. Uh, recently, mm. and um, I'm going to keep them waiting because I'm also going to talk to let people know <laughs> that Yakuza 6 is amazing. Oh. No, I haven't heard you talking about there's this on six the Twitters. There's six of those now. There's, there's like nine of them. There. Well, there's seven, plus a remake right. of the first one. Yeah. But, but here's the, oh, there's also the VR one and the zombie one, so yeah, I guess there's nine. Holy um, crap! <laughs> um, Yakuza 6 isn't out yet. But I got a preview copy, and my preview isn't up Ooh. yet. But the uh, the I'm not not under an NDA about the preview content. So yes, Yakuza Six is amazing. Yakuza Six is the one where middle-aged Kiryu Kazama um, continues to his never-ending quest to solve any problems he encounters using one of three ways that he understands, which is <laughs> violence, crimes, and violent crimes. <laughs> I I heard this game I heard this franchise at one point described as the attempt to exercise all evil from Japan via the nose. <laughs> um, 
Yakuza 6 is a game where Kiryu Kazama, again, middle-aged Yakuza man, um, will dress up in a small-town mascot outfit to put on a show for the children. Uh, by the way, that's a thing, uh, in case the listener isn't aware, that is to say, a mascot for the town. The, these things, like, think like sports mascots, but, like, very specific. Like, oh, this is, like, this one prefecture in this one area. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's this, how Japan does. And and he'll put on and this really, costume. we can learn from it. And have a, a cost and ha- put on a costume and put on a little show for for the children. And then some bullies come along and start making fun of the children for liking the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> you can see where this goes. Oh my god! Do they get These wrecked by have... an adorable mascot? <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> and then Kiryu turns to the children and says, "Don't forget." Uh, Oh, uh, oh, was it Ono-chan or something like that? Ono, ono, Ono-chan or something? He's a powerful warrior. <laughs> <laughs> because That's one of wonderful. the absolute best things about Yakuza, and it's not without its problems, like it, it is addicted to putting women in fridges. Yeah. The best, best thing about Yakuza is that Kiryo Kuzama, who is not in any way a good man, he is not a good person in any way. He is... No. He is yeah. a terrible human being, but but he will throw down and protect anyone who is incapable of doing it themselves. Just like that with the kids, and just like agreeing to run a cat cafe <laughs> because he found out because he found out that in the ta- in the in that town most stray cats are euthanized. So he's going to save the cats. <laughs> Wait, that's why. It- wow, that is why he does it because no living being deserves a death like that. Like, is his actual to- words? I was expecting the punchline to that to be like he runs a cat cafe because someone's shaking down the owner and he wants to meet them so he can beat them up personally and save the owner. No, it's cats. It's it's actually cats. It is actually saving the cats, and that's, that's why Yakuza. That's why Yakuza is amazing. Um, I've also seen like. Subquests, sub stories that reference like the girl who leapt through time, <laughs> which was kind of amazing. And I'm pretty sure I saw one that referenced your name. Whoa, <laughs> that's actually more contemporary than I'm used to Yakuza doing. <laughs> it's it's it's, uh, it's 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 quite the experience uh, playing through that game. Also, there's a baseball management sim in it. <laughs> because so, so they has- do like their mini games. And so, and Virtua Fighter Five. I remember <laughs> at one point uh, there was a gag about Yakuza the the games, including uh, what are they called? Fish games or, or soap games or something like that? Where there's they're basically gambling tables, um, uh-huh. but because they have like the most rudimentary element of skill, uh, they they skirt the laws against roulette machines in Japan. Right. And I remember someone asking. You know when are these going to show up in in uh, a Yakuza game? Because apparently that's the people who are running these things. And similarly, there's also uh, apparently a tradition of the Yakuza in Japan uh, supporting wrestling, <laughs> and people were like, yeah, yeah. "Oh yeah, it's it's to launder money." And it turns out, n- no, it's because a couple of the heads of of major families in Japan just really freaking like wrestling. <laughs> there's wrestling content in Yakuza, yes. in Yakuza Six. One of the there's a there's a there's a uh, a gang that started off as uh, a vigilante group that's led by former I believe former uh, New Japan World Champion 
uh, World Heavyweight Champion Kazuchika Okada. <laughs> and his goons that he brought in to join the, to, like, uh, help his lieutenants for the gang, also New Japan wrestlers. That's wonderful. <laughs> Say what you want about the, the Yakuza series, like, as a concept. They, they clearly care about what they're doing. They really do. Like, <laughs> to a weird oh, degree in times. The, 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 they are the problematic fave. If ever the phrase problematic fave meant anything. <laughs> It's the Yakuza series. <laughs> and uh, as as you mentioned, Jeb, they they quickly grasped that whole how, how you make a story about bad people who are still very enjoyable characters. Yeah. Which is, like, not everyone is good at that. They, well, they, they, uh, is, is Yakuza the series with, I want to say his name's Goro? Goro this, Majima? This, yeah, Goro Majima, who's, who's oh, apparently yeah. just the worst kind of dude. But was like you still get these gleeful images of him stomping the hell out of jerks, wearing the most violently pink shirts. Oh yes, <laughs> a cardigan in in one of in one of them he's wearing a cardigan for the whole game. <laughs> Girl, it's like watching someone have a fight in a Jimmy Buffett T-shirt. I, I haven't seen that look, in Yakuza, but I believe it. In Yakuza Kiwami, the the remake of Yakuza One. Um, they added a feature called Majima Anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> because Yakuza 1 is the game where Kiryu, Kazama, and, and Goro Majima started their rivalry. And in <laughs> Kiwami with Majima Anywhere, you could be like, look over and see a box, and out of the box, pop open and go, Kiryu-chan! And then they fight. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. I love so it so good. much. <laughs> you thought the contents of the box were money, but instead it was I. <laughs> it was I, Majima. <laughs> it's grisly. And yeah. the thing is, the guy's, got, the guy's got like an eye patch and a massive facial scar and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and in one of the games, he's wandering around the whole time wearing a, a knitted wool cardigan. <laughs> like that face and a knitted wool cardigan. I love it. One of the, the things best. that uh, I, I still haven't bought Project X Zone Two, I have to say, but if I was tempted, those <laughs> two are a fantastic unit. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just delightful. Utter unit. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, Yakuza. <laughs> and okay, okay, okay. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll I'll talk about the thing. Stop with because, the slow roll. Because the thing is actually really fascinating. Um, I'm sure that. The the buzzword lately amongst uh, amongst retro game enthusiasts has been randomizers. Because mm. there's a randomizer for everything these days. Like you can you can go on Twitch and find oh look someone's playing the Link to the Past randomizer or mm-hmm. the uh, the Dragon Warrior randomizer or the Super Mario Brothers three randomizer, which apparently exists. I don't know what that, well, I don't know why, but it does. I do. Yeah, no, okay. I, I was trying to imagine how a Mario randomizer would work, but I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> it I randomizes like it's the, only it, end in tears. It, it it mixes up the order that the levels appear in and uh, what enemies spawn and stuff like that. Oh, so the enemies is still okay. Okay, I get it. Sure. Uh, like the Mario, the Mario three randomizer. Like you could have also like any particular any level could have like an angry sun or boss bass. <laughs> In case you particularly hate yourself, <laughs> <laughs> but I have finally gotten into the, the the swing of playing a randomizer, 
because I found out about the Final Fantasy IV Free Enterprise randomizer. Uh, I found it ab- found out about it about a week and a half ago. Look, you f- are you familiar with Final Fantasy IV? Uh, I I oh, hang on, no, I think I'm thinking of five. Five is the one with the jump system and the yes. crystals and the yes. yeah. Fiesta runs with Final Fantasy V, right? Yes. Yeah. Final Fantasy IV okay. is one with Cecil and Kane and and the Moon. Hey, they made a the DS remake that was very odd. poor 3D. <laughs> very odd. But, um, yeah, I've been uh, the the one of the inter- one of the f- the airships in Final Fantasy IV is called Inter- the Enterprise, and the the, the main hook, the main hook, the main hook of the uh, Final Fantasy IV Free Enterprise randomizer mod is that from the start of the game you get for free the Enterprise. Oh, okay. That that is not what I was expecting. And Do that go on. turns the whole game into a sort of open world experience. And mm. then instead of like when you start playing Final Fantasy IV, uh, it goes like Cade and Cecil are told to go to the town of Mist and deliver a package. The free enterprise randomizer can will in most most the way most people play it will randomize what characters appear where. So it's not necessarily Kane and Cecil, and oh. also what key items you get to start, or what you are where. So you could wind up instead of getting the package to start, you could be given like you could be given uh, the hook that lets you carry around the hovercraft with the with the airship. Okay. And the idea is that you fly you fly around picking up characters in uh, various locations and gathering key items and searching through various towns for equipment. And hitting treasure chests, you know, all that, to gear up to fight the final boss as quickly as you can. Right. Um, and another one of the options lets you turn on the Japanese-only items that were, like, all the items and, and abilities that were taken out of the North American release of Final Fantasy II. But the thing is, like, some of these items are really, really powerful. <laughs> <laughs> like, absurdly powerful. Like, there are gold apples. Which, when you use a gold apple, you gain a hundred max HP. Max. Max. That's a lot. That's a lot. It seems there, like a lot. I haven't played much are, Final Fantasy Four, but well, it it maxes the health maxes out at nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Okay. So if you happen to have ninety nine gold apples, you can put a character at any level at max health. <laughs> can you get now, here's that the many thing. gold apples? Can can this be done? Well, um. They are a thing that you can buy in shops. It requires okay. an exorbitant amount of money. Damn. Like I think I think one costs like a hundred thousand gil. But here's the thing about Final Fantasy IV: <laughs> it is very, very easy <clears throat> to duplicate items, or duplicate equipment to sell for almost infinite money. Oh, oh, hey! <laughs> so there's this very odd routing when you're playing free enterprise where you're instead of looking for like okay i need to find like the best weapons for these characters and i need to find if i get ridia the summoner i need to find her summons or whatever you know like you'd expect like from other other role-playing games um with free enterprise if you're playing with the japanese items on what you're looking for are gold apples and elixirs (laughs) because there's also an item in the japanese version there are three of them three items which are attack items that deal damage to a target unaffected by defenses that is equal to half of your current HP. Uh-huh. Shit! 
So the, wow. the the route the route for gearing up is max out everyone's health, get a bunch of elixirs to recover your health in the final battle, get uh, ninety nine of these items to throw at Zoromus, and then you have to find um, the way that Zoromus works in Final Fantasy IV is that uh, when you reach him, he's in disguise, so you have to have normally after you have Cecil use the crystal to turn him into his turn turn them into their 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 final form, or else you can't kill him. Mm-hmm. In in randomizer, yeah. you might not have Cecil, so any character can use the crystal. But you have to find the crystal, <laughs> which is and in it's a random in, location. Well, not random. Like there are seventeen key item spots. Uh-huh. It is entirely possible that you get the crystal as your opening item right <laughs> off the bat. And but the other thing you need to find, generally speak, like if you want to beat this really quickly, you need to find what's uh, called the pass. In Final Fantasy IV, in one of the towns, there is an item you can buy called a pass, which takes you in a down the secret pathway, which in the ma- normal game takes you to a place where you can see a dancing girl dance, <laughs> because that's a that was a thing you uh, could do in yes. Final Fantasy IV. Mm. In this, it takes you to a shortcut directly to the final boss. Okay. Ah. So if you get the crystal, you get your HP up, you get your elixirs, and you get your attack items. You buy the find the find what store b- sells the pass. You go take on the final boss, and you can also set it so that the final boss has a different sprite. I have fought things like M. Bison, <laughs> I have fought Mother Brain, I have fought Ultras, nice. I have fought the HD version of Zeromus, which is his original sprite, but bigger. <laughs> <laughs> it is exceptionally fun. Like, it, I have not had this much fun with a game that I have repeated playing, maybe since, like, Dwarf Fortress? <laughs> like, this is a game that I will finish playing... Like, like I'll I'll take an hour to do a run, and then I'll immediately make a new seat up to do it again. <laughs> I mean, and that's some of the some of the is pretty great. And some of the like some of the the the, the context the context free screenshots I've taken, like Rydia walking into her own town and blowing it up. Oof. <laughs> so yeah. This this sounds all super interesting. Uh, if someone wants to get access to this, can you point them at a site? I can, in fact. Um, now, like logically speaking, I, I would also include the 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 uh, address in the like post on the DLC website. But it is ff4-free-enterprise.com. Fantastic. Because I have a suspicion that at least one of the listener wants to check this out. Yep. <laughs> and it is most like it's very like it. Uh, I think. The first version of it came out end of January or early February, and it is still the most recent update was yesterday. So it is alive, Thanks. kicking, and constantly being made more fun. Which, thank you very much for tuning in and listening to us here on the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Uh, we as made it always, back. This is supported by you. Thanks to your kind support on Patreon, which helps pay for server costs and occasional technological upgrades like chairs and microphones. We greatly appreciate everything you're doing for us, and we hope you enjoy what we're giving you. As ever always, that was Jeb. That was Fox. And that was Talon. And tune in next time when we'll talk about, well, probably exactly the same stuff again. Stuff we've been enjoying, stuff we love. And we hope you like that. Wow, that was that was, that was sincere and heartfelt and... Hmm. Very off brand.
Are you suffering yes. from? <laughs> 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 Fuck you.